So, good morning to you. And I've been really lucky. I've managed to catch up with five of the best new works to see in Edinburgh this week. Kicking off, I spoke to the team behind Alan Turing, a musical biography. See that at Paradise at St Augustine's. I'm asking these what it was like to come back with a show. First few days were tough, I hear. The word success described the run last year in 22. And since last year, they say our work has changed hugely. We're now on the third version of our production with a new script, new songs, new director and new props. Well, just reading that made me take a breath. That's quite a big tip there, not to be afraid to wipe the slate, start again with something that's really worked, but look at it in a new way. So I've added that comment there, just my reaction to it. Speaking to the gang, Edfrin showed me that you never know what can happen with a show. Alan Turing, a musical biography, took on a momentum I couldn't have imagined. Just take a breath there. That just, to me, shows the huge power of Ed Fringe that you can just bring something and it can just have an alchemy and a life of its own. And Joel speaks that my favourite thing about Edinburgh is the beautiful architecture and landscape, followed by the lovely people. To get the most from Ed Fringe, network like crazy, and talk to everyone. So I spoke to a few more people about their show, coming back to Ed Fringe. So Diana Varco, writer-performer, is bringing Rise, a one-woman show, to Edinburgh this year. Last year, she performed in a digital show, and I asked her what she would describe that as, and she says, surprising. I presented my solo show Shattered as a hybrid event at Edinburgh, so part in-person, part digital, wasn't easy to get the ticket sales, but I made many new friends, got great reviews and a feature article from the digital show. So I found I could do a lot with the digital and in-person format. So a great takeaway there. I'm just adding my own comment that it can be surprising how an artist, how successful a new format can be. I asked, how did Edinburgh Fringe inspire you? Diana replies, taught me a lot about permission and perseverance. Presenting Shattered virtually and in person gave me permission this year to do a limited engagement run again. And I know that my fringe experience would still be rewarding. Like any fringe, I had some great moments with Shattered and some not so great moments, but I kept going, got to the stage and did what I came to the fringe to do, raise awareness. Edinburgh Fringe also inspired me to take a really scary step and put Shattered on slumber, even though the show has a strong following and mission. However, I had a really great run of 12 festivals, digital and in-person, with Shattered, and I felt it was time to give Rise my attention. The first thing I do when I get to Edinburgh is drop off my bags at the apartment, explore, often bumping into friends and spotting posters of my friends' shows about town. And here's some other friend shows that we can check out. Fabulet, performed and written by Michael Trauffner in The Underbelly. And I asked what word described last year's Edinburgh Fringe. Surreal. That was the first time I didn't know what to expect. Suddenly I received all these reviews and I was over the moon. Halfway through the run, broke my foot and was afraid I'd have to cancel the rest of the run. But, but then I returned onto the stage in a moon boot. Looking back, it's hard to believe all this has happened in such a short time. Now, there are no fundamentals to the show since last year, Michael says. However, we've added a new song, changed some of the arrangements 
and made some edits to the script. So that's just add in the comment, that's a really interesting insight into looking again, revisiting the work and just finding perhaps just a few tiny details that need to be shone even brighter than it was the last year. I asked Michael, how did Edinburgh inspire you last year? He replies, I put so much work into my little show and it paid off, which I found extremely inspiring. So as soon as the fringe was over, I went home and started writing on a new show. It will be a while until it's ready. So in the meantime, I'm returning with Fabulet 1933 at the Underbelly. I wondered what the first thing is that Michael does when he arrives in Scotland. And he replies, I'm going to drop my set off at the venue, which seems really sensible. And I wondered what other shows Michael thought we should have an engagement with. And here's the tips I got back. I'd recommend Stefania Licari's wonderful funny show, Medico. Also, people should check out the shows of Blue Fire Theatre Company. This year, they're bringing their brand new play, Chopped Liver and Onions, or Unions, depends how quickly you read that line. And I can't wait to see it. Lastly, under the hashtag UnderbellyButties on Twitter, some of the gems from the Underbelly. So... Moving on figuratively to the little iceberg, you might have seen their warm and wonderful team on the Royal Mile last year engaging in inspiring conversation to just share this beautiful gem of a show. I wondered how Ed Fringe inspired them. And Siobhan replies, being surrounded by so much talent and creativity was incredible. It was utterly inspirational. And people's stories are incredible and the sharing of those stories made me realise again that there is more that connects us than divides us. Edinburgh Fringe 22 gave me a good few song ideas too. Hilarious. And I wondered about the audience reaction, so Siobhan explains. They were just beautiful. For the Little Iceberg musical to see children engaged in immersive musical theatre is something special. It's always striking. However, the impact on adults is interesting too. So this is a story about how we deal with big feelings. It's about being kind and compassionate even when we don't know what is going on in someone's life. If something in this musical resonates with you, it does so for a reason. And our conversations with those who come to see it echo this. I wondered why they're returning to Edinburgh. The answer, why not? It's a blast. It's so much fun. Hard work, but lots of fun. We also wanted to give as many people access to see the Little Iceberg musical again this year. And this seemed like a good way to do it. Then we thought we'd bring a second show because clearly one is not enough. And boom, Ord Lang Singh came into being. It's a huge celebration of Scottish poetry, culture and history. What's not to love? Seemed a perfect fringe show for sure. So I wondered what's the first thing the Little Iceberg team does on arriving in Edinburgh. Panic a little about what lies ahead and then just get right into it. We actually live in Glasgow, so we are right at home and we hope other people feel that too. I love that tip too about just getting stuck into it because very often when I work with creatives, that's one of the things that always makes me look forward to working them when they say, yeah, just get stuck into it, right into it, just go for it, get the work done. 
And I wondered if there was anything she wanted to share. She said, I love the vibe. I love the friendships made. I love the creativity. That is something so special. We try our best to embody the message of our shows. That connection matters. Kindness matters. And love is at the heart of it all. Well, I could actually leave this podcast here because I think that just says everything about Edinburgh Fringe. But I'm lucky enough to have one more show to share with you. This is a brand new show for the Fringe. It's new writing. It's from the company Works of Orange and the title is Locusts with an LGBTQ theme. You can find them at The Space. And here's the interview that I caught when I caught up with them. What word described Edinburgh Fringe 22? Relief. It was such a relief to get back there and to see the festival getting back on its feet again. Um, I really honour that and echo that. This is me adding my comment here. I just really wanted to take this podcast really to celebrate all these fringe veterans that are coming back the second time because I don't think it can be underestimated that last year was a little bit uncertain because theatre was the last thing to get back to normal after the unmentionables. Right, moving on with my interview with Ian who wrote Locusts. How much has your show changed since Edinburgh Fringe? Well, we're returning with a very different show from last year. Traditionally, we brought theatre that tells unheard LGBTQ plus stories. But last year, after the pandemic, we just wanted to do something fun. I think we all relate to that, don't we? This year, however, we're back to our roots with an emotional piece of theatre. Based on my experience of gay conversion therapy when I was young, I wondered how Edinburgh Fringe inspired Ian last year. I saw some great theatre last year and some of the solo theatre shows particularly impressed me. Those shows inspired me to give characters time alone with an audience to break the fourth wall and really connect with them. That's a very inspiring tip there. Thank you for sharing us that. How were the audiences in your previews? Any surprising reactions? Well, we do our first previews next week at the time of writing, so time will tell. But a couple of our front of house came into show rehearsals last week and were deeply moved by the play. That's been the experience so far. And I'm hoping that's the effect we have next week in preview. I'll let you know. And if you do get to see Locusts and you're listening to this, do leave us a comment. Let us know how it went for you. Why come to Ed Fringian? Various reasons. It's definitely addictive. Always a sense of wanting one more go. But then there's the camaraderie and networking between companies, which I just love. There's getting your work in front of an international audience in the most intimate of performance spaces. It's a total buzz. I suppose it's the theatre geek's equivalent of whitewater rafting. I think we need a T-shirt with that slogan on. So what is your favourite thing about Edinburgh and the people? They're great, friendly, welcoming, great sense of humour and a joy to be amongst. And what's the first thing you do arriving in Scotland? Find the flat and have a cup of tea. Which other shows should we be engaging with? Good tip here. Look for grassroots companies. They're the jewels in the fringe's crown. They have brilliant writers, performers and stories. And they will have a drink with you after. Good point. A good way to start the fringe and get it going. If you've just arrived at the fringe today. Um, how to get the most out of being at Ed Fringe, I think for actors and performers and well-wishers alike. Pace it, don't burn yourself out and make sure you eat well, get off the beaten track. And you need each other. It can be really tough, so keep each other's spirits up. Whether you're in the queue waiting to get in or the performer on the stage, I think. 
just added that little comment myself. And I'm leaving the last word with Ian. Any other comments you'd like to make? Edinburgh Fringe is great for many reasons. And the friendships you make along the way. Embrace it. Try not to burn out. And take care not to slip on the cobbles. So I'm leaving you with that thought. Generally in life and in Edinburgh, here we go. Let's all take care not to slip on the cobbles. Here's to you and your creativity. Hope you found some of these tips inspiring. I certainly have. Very grateful to the artists who shared their time and insights into how we can all move forward as one and create the best work of our day. Don't slip on the cobbles.